0: To another episode of Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. I am Matthew Henry, your host, alongside my brother and co-host, the eminent and wonderful and dashing good-looking man himself, Ben Henry. How you doing, Ben?
1: <laughs> wow, that was a lot. <laughs>
0: Stash. Still generous today. St- thing, you
1: know, Did you say stashing? Uh... Like, as in, like I'm mustashing? <laughs> <You laughs> no, I, I
0: think I was trying to say dashing. If it came out stashing, okay. that's fine. All right, no, that's, that's fine. That, that's, yeah. that's apropos as well. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I am stashing. I mean, I've got a beard too, so I, you know, I don't. Do you call it a mustache when you have a beard with it? Like, I Not guess it's called
0: a goatee. Right. It's like, uh, well, that n- it's
1: well, that's when you have just the just the sh- the small beard. Right. Like, have, oh, is it? Uh, yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. Like, like, you know, just the chin, just the chin,
0: the, oh, the, the chin okay. strap, as they call it. So I just, yeah, you know, I, I did that back in the day, you know, kind of rocked what you're rocking. But then I got old and then the gray hairs just made me look even older. And so I decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore.
1: Well, I, I see your point. And really, for me, it's a toss-up between uh, showing off the gray hair or showing off the double chin. And Mm. uh, I've opted for the gray hair.
0: Sure. Just don't hang out with your mother in Mexico. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Did, I did, I know. Do you need me to remind you what happened when you were in Mexico? Uh,
1: no, but now I'm – now, like in case there's people listening to this who have no idea what we're talking about, now I have to retell that horribly embarrassing <laughs> story.
0: Which is a bonus for me. So uh, go yeah. ahead. Tell the story. Folks,
1: I went on a, a trip with my, with my mother and she invited me to a uh, – uh, as her plus one to a destination wedding in Mexico in Cancun. We're close to Playa del Carmen, and uh, you know I went along because hey, why not, you know? And uh, and it was fun, except every time she and I went anywhere together, everybody assumed that we were a married couple. Um, <laughs> you know, because you know, just because I look ancient. And uh, and know, the
0: fact that our mother had us when she was pretty young too. So, she did. You know. She
1: did. Where she's not that you know. She's not that much older than us. And and you know I would say she's she's aging well. And she also, unlike me, dyes her gray hair. <laughs> and so she looked you know a lot younger. And uh, I look well. I guess I look my age. Um, I hope I look my age. Anyway, uh, so that's what it was. Yeah. So it was um, you know and nothing worse than being somewhere with your mother and everybody saying oh. You are such a lovely couple. Oh, your <laughs> wife is so beautiful. And i just like, oh, God, I want to die. <laughs>
0: um, and then you probably had just more margaritas, right? Just to kind of help yourself get through it.
1: <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. That is that is how I chose to approach that. Uh, I, I also shaved my, shaved my beard off. Yeah. While I was yeah, there.
0: Yeah, that's right. You were mm-hmm. you, drastic, drastic. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was like, f- I got to
1: get rid of all the gray hair.
0: Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Because
1: I'm only gray on my beard. Um, because I'm bald on my head.
0: <laughs> Imagine that. Not,
1: not, not, not entirely, not entirely true, but close enough.
0: All right. Uh, All right. Well, so I'm glad we got to, to share that bit of, uh, of history, Ben. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. Um, I was actually the one that brought it up. So, uh, it's probably yeah, my fault. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, uh, thanks for asking, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No problem. But I do have a, a, another question for you. Okay, good. Scripted, I hope. And it's not going to be anything about our mother, I promise. Okay. All right. Would you rather be able to communicate with all animals, but they always talk in a really annoying voice? That's wonderful. Or be able to fly? Oh yeah, but you can only fly one inch off the ground.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so this is an easy answer for me because I have um, I have four pets. And, and they're annoying enough as it is without being able to speak my language. Uh, I have oh, one yeah. per- in particular that is extremely annoying. Uh, she likes to just come around and just yell at people. She's just – she's the worst. You know, we love her. Uh, she's super beautiful and she's super smart. Um, but she's pretty much a hellcat. You know, like you just – you know – we take her to the vet, and we just tell them this is not a nice cat. Like, don't expect her to be nice in any way. And they're like, "Got it." And and they and they give it. And when we get her pick her up, they're like, "Yeah, you were right. She's awful." So so I don't. So you don't want to have a conversation. I don't want to huh? hear what she has to say for real, especially no. in a really
0: annoying voice.
1: Especially in a really annoying voice. I mean, her voice is pretty annoying as it is. But uh, so yeah, I'd love to fly. And in fact, I, you know I, what I would do with this. Is I would just constantly wear a robe and uh, and float around. Uh, like, <laughs> but right. the robe would be dragging on the ground. So it would look like I was walking, but I would just move with this super smooth gait, you know? Yeah. And I would do yeah. that thing where I'm like, just like, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's what I would do. I would slide back and forth along the main aisle of like a supermarket. Just back mm-hmm. and forth, and I would just stare at people as I went up and down the aisles, and they would see me just kind of floating by, and I would just wide eye stare at them.
0: <laughs> see, uh, I was thinking that I would like, I would like create my own circus, and that I would just do this like magician's act where I would float, and people would be like totally freaked out and trying to figure out how I did it.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Because be, you, know, like, you
0: got to turn that some into some bank. You know, sure, you got to you got to sure, be able to, to monetize sure. that skill.
1: Right, you, you got to monetize everything. Right, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we haven't monetized this podcast, but uh, <laughs> everything else, everything else we got to monetize. Well,
1: Matthew, because once you start making money off it, it becomes a job and not a hobby, and then it's no fun anymore.
0: That's true. This yeah. is true. And I already have a job that's no fun anymore. So, you yeah, know, I got wow. it. Wow. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Me too. <laughs> All right. Well, we should probably get into the cocktails. But before we do, mm-hmm. Ben, would you like to share the tip of the day?
1: Yes, I would. I would like to share the tip of the day. Uh, This one is actually going to sound a little counterintuitive, folks. But in a lot of recipes, you will see, uh, you know, something that says fresh lime juice or fresh lemon juice. And uh, freshly squeezed is what they mean, right? You take a lime, you take a lemon, you squeeze it. You definitely don't go to the grocery store and buy like a plastic lime or a plastic lemon. And you certainly don't buy like margarita mix. I mean, folks, look, you do you. Like if if you need if that's where you are in your life, I get it. It's fine, but please, but please get out of that phase as quickly as you can. However, that advice is th- those instructions and those they're actually a little bit wrong. What they mean is freshly squeezed a little while ago, because you want to let your lime and your lemon juice rest for a little while. Um, Because as you do, it will oxidize and uh, it will actually create more of the lime or lemony flavor um and less of this super brassy kind of uh, acidic forwardness and you will actually get a much more pleasant tasting and more fruity tasting juice if you don't believe me you can look this up right it, it's a it's a known thing you just want to let your lime and lemon juice oxidize i, I believe it only takes a, a little while as little as 30 minutes um a couple of hours and you can even and, and this also means that you can let your lemon juice and lime juice last like a day or two and it'll still be fine in fact it might be better Eventually, it does age out and, and you do want to, you know, uh, go back to a fresh batch. But there you go. That's your tip of the day. Let your lemon and your lime juice age.
0: That's that's a pretty good tip. I have heard this tip many a times and I've been doing this cocktail making now for a couple of years. Not once have I let my lemon or lime juice age. And, and because that's not how I roll, right? I don't have like... I don't have the oh let's plan ahead gene. I have the <laughs> oh god I have to do this five minutes ago gene, and so uh, so everything I do is is in haste. Uh, however, uh, this is a, for those of you who can you know work around this. Uh, yes, definitely let your lemon and lime juice age. Grapefruit for that matter too.
1: Indeed, like all of this, the the citruses. I don't I don't know how much the payoff is for oranges, but but definitely for lemons and limes.
0: All right. Well, we should get into the cocktails. And I apologize, I don't even remember who went first last time.
1: I believe it was you. I think it's my turn to go first.
0: By all means, then, please go right ahead.
1: Today, Matthew, I am presenting the Fog Cutter. And you might be wondering is this a tiki cocktail?
0: I'm not wondering. Uh, of course. Nobody's yeah. wondering then. <laughs> Nobody's, <laughs> wondering. Nobody's wondering if this is a tiki cocktail. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean?
1: Like nobody, the, 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 nobody, the, there's, uh, you're saying, you're saying I'm no longer mysterious. Is that what Maybe it is? Maybe
0: if this is the first time someone is listening to us, they're thinking, oh, no, I didn't know that. But everybody else knows that this is a tiki cocktail. Yeah,
1: well, okay. So I, I promised folks soon the tiki cocktails will be coming to an end. But as we know, I'm working through the classics. And this is, in fact, one of the classics. Um, and, and. You know, how do you know that something is a tiki classic? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways, but one of the two surefire ways is to look at the bartender who created it, the mixologist, as we would call them today, who created it. And if it was Don the Beachcomber or Trader Vic, then it was pretty much a tiki classic. Right. If one of those two gentlemen served this cocktail in in the Beachcomber or Trader Vic's, then then you can pretty much uh, consider this to be a a tiki classic. For those of you who don't know, Don the Beachcomber is pretty much the guy who started uh, the tiki trend um, when he took a bunch of tropical drink recipes that he already knew and he uh, paired that with his um, very stylized... Um, tropical decorated uh, bar, Um, the first iteration was a little divey, but it was decorated like a very, you know, out of, um, you know, Polynesian-esque, Polynesian-inspired, I guess really tropical island-inspired, and he was the one who created this uh, phenomenon. And then uh, this guy who named uh, his Vic I can't, Vic I can't pronounce his his last name but uh,
0: I say Bergeron isn't Bergeron
1: yeah Bergeron sure yeah Vic Bergeron um, who was from Alameda and had Is that his right? yeah had his restaurant up in Alameda um, and uh, in fact they they ended up creating a, a chain of restaurants called Trader Vic's and I think there's one in Emeryville anyway um, he he was a total copycat. He went down to, uh, to, to uh, the Don the Beachcombers and, and was just fascinated by this. He already had a restaurant up in, in Oakland, and he, um, he basically ripped off the idea. And he was a total copycat. Like, I don't think anybody disputes that, but he went up there, and he, he took the same idea, and he did it at Trader Vic's, but he invented a lot of the cocktails himself. And so one of them was the Fog Cutter. And, uh, and so that's what I'm presenting today. Um, it is, it is a very complicated cocktail. This has a lot of ingredients in it and folks, like most, it doesn't have multiple rums, but it does something a little bit different because it has four different spirits. So not a lot of rums, but a lot of booze. And so we start with two ounces of rum, uh, usually a light rum, uh, you guys heard me talk about propitas, so that would be fine. You could also use Bacardi or, or a similar white rum, um, I'm using the propitas rum. Uh, you add to that one ounce of brandy or cognac. Uh, the cool kids these days are using, t- tend to prefer Pisco rather than brandy. And in fact, that's what Don the Beachcomber did when they stole this cocktail right back and uh, and made a modification to it. So they use Pisco rather than brandy. Uh, and then you put in one and a half ounces of lemon juice. I think the original recipe actually called for two ounces of lemon juice. But I've seen more modern recipes pull back on that a little bit because that's a lot of lemon juice. But hey, you like things super tart and super lemony, then by all means, go with two ounces. Um, you would balance that by reducing the next ingredient, which is orange juice. I have an ounce and a half of orange juice in here. And then, um, and then you add half an ounce of, of orgeat. Oh, I forgot a spirit. Dang it. And then half an ounce of gin. Uh, You put all of that into a shaker with ice. You shake it for 10 to 12 seconds. You pour it into a very tall glass. I'm drinking it out of a pint glass today, but you could put it into a special fog cutter glass. And uh, which is made, well, I suspect he found the glasses and then made the cocktail to them. And that's why there's so much booze in this cocktail, why there's so many ingredients and so much of it. Um, And then you top all of that off with sherry. Matthew, do you know what sherry is?
0: Something old people drink? <laughs> yes. It
1: <is>. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that old people drink. I, it's uh,
0: that bottle that you have in the back that's like really dusty that you, you use maybe for like once every like three uh, or four years for cooking? Uh,
1: yes. Or you're going to make a lot of fog cutters. Uh, so I I, I have never, I'm going to be totally honest. I've never had sherry in my life until I made this this cocktail. Uh, at least, not that I know of. I've never had it, certainly straight. And uh, so I'm using uh, Oloroso um, sherry um, because, again, that's I think uh, originally the original recipe called for something called Amontillado, Amontillado uh, sherry. We're,
0: and we're all us listeners are just nodding like we know what you're talking about,
1: <laughs> right? Right. Like, well, oh yeah. You know what? Oh, yeah. Just go go to the go to the wine store and say, show me your sherries. And, uh, and there's, like, cream sherry, which is, like, I don't know. Anyway, what's sherry? It's, like, it's it's wine that's been fortified with another spirit, in many cases, brandy. And I think brandy is just a wine-based spirit. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like the snakey. It's like its kicking up tail. the wine a notch. Yeah, yeah It's like just, exactly. like, giving a little kick. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I think in some cases it comes sweetened. Anyway, the Oloroso sherry... Um, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be honest, Matthew. It's one of the most disgusting things I've ever tasted.
0: <laughs> but let's put it in our drink. <laughs> <laughs> and so what you do is it's, like, like, it's like that shirt that you've worn <laughs> like once or twice, and you give it the sniff test. You're like,
1: mm, yeah, but I'm gonna it's, wear it anyway. It's
0: fine. It's, it's
1: fine. fine. I so you know so I yeah. I mean you know I took a taste of it because like, I like to taste all my ingredients before I go make a cocktail with them, and and I took a taste of it, and I was like mortified. And it just kept on going, you know, like the flavors and the aftertaste. And, I'm, and I have no idea if this is all sherries are like this and Ben just likes hate sherries, or if this is the Oloroso Sherry because I've never had any other kinds. Uh, but I will I will say this. It is funky. And uh, I think that's one of the things that modern Tiki is really trying to do. Like they are trying to make their cocktails funky. I really don't believe this is what early tiki was all about. I think early tiki was targeting palettes that were much less sophisticated than the present day palette. And so my guess is that early tiki was meant to be uh, sweet, uh, rum forward, but otherwise, you know, not too crazy, but tropical, otherworldly. Um, in a sense, but not overbearing. So I wonder if maybe the modern bartenders are using this particular sherry um, to give it that extra funk that modern-day tiki is going for. This is all Ben's theory, by the way. Like, I don't know, you know. Um, But anyway, uh, I will say this. So you, you float it on top, and that first pull through the sherry um, you get a lot of that sherry um, flavor, um, but you really want to pull deep and, you know, you want to take a big gulp to get through that sherry to get the entire experience. And it really does help. The sherry then just becomes what adds the exotic flair to the cocktail. And in fact, what I would suggest that you do is you stir the cocktail. You know, get that first experience where you take the big pull through it, but then just carefully stir the sherry in, because at that point, the cocktail becomes very different. Um, it actually becomes very lemon-forward, not surprising, right? And yep. um, it's actually a very bright um, cocktail. And so, when I, you know, for some reason, when I was thinking about this cocktail, I was thinking fog, it's going to be heavy, it's going to be, you know, deep. But, you know, I was really not paying attention to the word cutter. And this is really something bright. You know, it's like sunshiny, it's like cutting through the fog. And, uh, yeah, you know, this is like a Carl killer. And, um, <laughs> sorry, Carl. We all love you. Doesn't, doesn't, I don't know. I maybe, maybe some people like Carl. But anyway, um, uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think what's really interesting about this and the sherry is that once you stir it in, um, you really do begin to detect. All those sherry notes, um, but it becomes what makes the cocktail feel exotic, without overbearing, over dominating the cocktail. Because there is so much orange juice, because there is so much lime juice, sorry, lemon juice, uh, in the cocktail, um, the sherry is not is not as strong and as dominant as as it is when you drink it by itself. And uh, it becomes, um, I think, it really kind of adds that that sort of otherworldliness, the the tropical or Um, What is the word I'm looking for? The escapist quality, right? The exotic uh, element to the cocktail. And um, otherwise, it's kind of very very lemony. Um, And uh, the the one thing is is that this is a cocktail for one. Um, And obviously, it packs a serious punch. Uh, So when I'm drinking this for the baseball uh, podcast later this week... (sighs) It's gonna be a doozy, folks. You're gonna to wanna to listen look to that out. one.
0: Yeah. Look out. Yeah.
1: There's gonna be some angry rants. So, so you have that to look forward to. Uh, but anyway, um, I don't know that I would go back to this cocktail a lot, um, just because it's so complex to make and it has so many different ingredients. And I, I don't know that. I mean, it's a nice cocktail. It's it's refreshing, but. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I think, is it worth the payoff? I think if you're buying it at a bar, yeah, by all means, go for it. But if you're going to make it at home, I, I don't know that this is one I would make a ton. Um, but nonetheless, I do like it. It is very good. Um, and there you have it, folks. The cocktail of the week for Ben the Fog Cutter, AKA Carl Killer. Sorry,
0: Carl. Those of you who are not listening to us from San Francisco uh, might be concerned about Carl, but do not. Uh, Carl is what uh, San Franciscans affectionately call the fog that rolls in, uh, you know, often over the Golden Gate and into the city. Uh, So, uh, so Carl, the fog, has been cut by this like monstrosity of a tiki drink. Uh, (laughs) Leave it to Ben, man, to just pull out drinks that will just get you s-faced. All the time. That's like, why we're I, here, just... maybe. <laughs> I think that's that's another part of tiki culture, right? Just mm-hmm. let's just load up a lot of booze. Yeah. And uh, and throw in a little bit of uh sweetener and juice and great. And and uh and maybe, you know, five different cherries on mm-hmm. top.
1: This is why I only make tiki cocktails, Matthew. Also, I garnished it <laughs> with five cherries because I can.
0: That's right.
1: And eleven can. an eleven wouldn't fit on my
0: my pick. Right, they don't make the skewers long enough nowadays, you know? No,
1: I guess I could have used two skewers. I could have used two skewers.
0: You could have, but you well, didn't. Stay tuned, folks, next week. <laughs> Matthew, next week. What are you drinking? What am I drinking? So, today, Ben, I, you know, we are speaking to each other over Zoom, and uh, you can only see the upper half of me. So, today, I want you to know that I am going commando.
1: Oh, man. None of us needed to know that.
0: (laughs) Your your mother listens to this show. Not that. I'm actually drinking a cocktail called The Commando. Oh. Why is it called The Commando? I have no idea. Uh, But when I was looking at cocktails, uh, I think this one was uh, straight from the the Educated Barfly or one of those... uh, Uh, One of those YouTuber uh, bartender guys. Um, And when I stumbled across it, it resembled something that I really, really like. And so the ingredients of a commando, let's go over those first and then we'll get into the drink, is one and a half ounces of bourbon, three quarter ounces of Cointreau, three quarter ounces of lime juice, a quarter ounce of simple syrup, and uh, a quarter ounce of an absinthe for rinsing the glass, right? A common common technique. Now, minus the absinthe, if you have bourbon, Cointreau, lime juice, and simple syrup, swap out the bourbon and you've got a margarita, right? Swap out the bourbon for tequila and that's a margarita. And, and so when I saw this, I was like, oh, this is a bourbon margarita. You could call it a commando, but I know, I know this is a bourbon margarita. And it really does uh, come across uh, in that margarita sense. I mean, you're not salting the rim or anything like that. But uh, it is uh, when I when I put this cocktail to, to the test, um, two things jumped out. One is that play with the lime and the Cointreau uh, and the bourbon is very familiar to the same with the tequila, uh, but the absinthe. Kind of brings out this floral kind of like, you know, I mean, this, this, this notes on your, on your nose that really change the, the tenor of the drink. And so it, it doesn't actually come across as a margarita because that absinthe really kind of sends it into a different, um, uh, sense, I guess I should say. And, uh, so you take all those ingredients though and you, um, you know, put them in a cocktail shaker with ice and shake for 10 to 12 seconds and then double strain it into a coupe glass that has has been rinsed with absinthe and a little trick that i like to do is i bought this little uh spray bottle little tiny spray bottle that maybe you know it's like a tsa approved size you know a spray bottle and i pour a little uh absinthe in there and then i just spray the inside of the bottle with like five or six shots around the the edge And, uh, and that is a perfect way to kind of rinse the inside of a glass. If you don't have one of those, you could just put a quarter ounce of absinthe and just roll it around the inside of the glass and then dump any excess once you've coated it. Uh, but again, you put this together and it becomes, uh, a, a really, uh, the, the, the absinthe kind of hits your nose as you're putting it to your face. And then as you take a sip, and I'm going to do that right now. You're you're greeted with the the lime juice, the acidity from the lime juice, and then just a little bit of the bite from the bourbon, which has a little bit more bite than than tequila does. So you get a little bit; it's a little bit stronger uh, kick to your to your palate, to the back of your throat, than you do when you're drinking a margarita. A margarita is very smooth. This isn't as smooth, uh, but it's a really nice uh, flavor, and and I really like it. And as I was as I was looking at this, I started thinking about. All the different drinks that you know the the Cointreau and lime slash lemon uh, pairing creates because there's a lot in that family. I mean, and you start thinking about some of the most classic drinks. For example, the Sidecar, uh, which is uh, a very classic cocktail that uh, has uh, vodka and um, uh, and then. Uh, Cointreau and lemon juice, uh, but also cognac. Actually, I think cognac is the is the, the, the classic. But then there's lots of different variations with vodka, bourbon. Uh, there's a cocktail called Between the Sheets that has cognac and rum, I believe. But Cointreau and citrus is prominent in so many of the cocktails that we've come to, to, to love. And um, the Cosmopolitan. Another one with cranberry juice and vodka and Cointreau and the Pegu Club, which uh, has uh, gin and Cointreau, lime juice and bitters. Uh, so the bitters is a little different there, but still that whole you can see the the that this whole pairing of Cointreau and citrus is a tried and true uh, aspect of cocktails that have kind of stood the test of time. And uh, if you don't have Cointreau in your bar. Uh, go out and get some because uh, it is one of those must-haves. I think when you are building your own bar, it's probably the most prominent liqueur that will allow you to do a variety of cocktails and give you uh, different tastes every time. So, yeah. so that is what I'm drinking today, Ben. The Commando, and uh, I don't. Again, I don't know why it's called the Commando, but uh, mm-hmm. but after drinking a little bit of it, I'm feeling I'm feeling free. So maybe that's why. Maybe that's why it's called the Commando.
1: <laughs> It's, it's a liberator. Uh, you know, uh, Quantro, also orange and black. You know, so exactly. those of you yeah. who are San Francisco Giants fans, it's like, you know, that you should be drinking it already. Quantro. Uh, wow. Well, so, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, that, that, you know, at cocktail is, is large. Cocktails all largely follow very, very common templates. And, um, What's really amazing, though, is because just by changing one ingredient, a lot of times it changes the cocktail so, so much um, that it becomes a very, very distinct flavor than than something else with exactly the same ingredients, except maybe you're swapping out, you know, the spirit especially. Right. Um, But you could also be swapping out the uh you know the sweetener the liqueur in this particular case Cointreau for something else and, and it becomes something else entirely um so it's it's what makes cocktail making I think fun especially at home right because you know you can have a cocktail that you really enjoy but maybe you're getting a little bored with it and you can just go ahead and swap you know swap something out change it out just make it exactly the same but change one ingredient and, and see whether or not you like that um and uh and who knows uh, maybe you too will invent the next commando
0: that's right. And, and I think you know, the other thing that you can play around with definitely has been Ben's cocktail today had orgeat as its sweetener, you know, mm-hmm. and mine just had a very simple syrup one to one ratio of sugar to, to water. But there's lots of different types of syrups out there with Demerara sugars and uh, and brown sugar and and just lots of different ways that you can create that sweetness. And so that's another way of playing around with your cocktails as well.
1: Did I say that it had orgeat, Matthew?
0: I thought you did. Hmm. I'm going to run through those ingredients
1: just one more time, just in case I didn't, because now that you say that, I'm worried I didn't say it. Okay. All right. Go so, for the, it. the ingredients again for the uh, fog cutter two ounces of light rum, one ounce of brandy, half an ounce of gin, half an ounce of orgeat syrup. And then one and a half ounces of lemon juice, one and a half ounces of orange juice. You shake that all for 10 to 12 seconds in a shaker. Uh, You pour all of it into a glass, a fog cutter glass or a pint glass in my case. And then you float half an ounce of Oloroso Sherry on top. And there you have it, folks. I mean, we're running up against the end of our episode. There you have the fog cutter and the commando. Join us on Sunday when we talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking these very same cocktails uh, and, uh, and getting extremely lit. Uh, ben, I might go commando. Yeah, you know, mid show. You're already yeah. feeling
0: it because it's actually Monday that they would join us, not Sunday. Oh, that's right. Well,
1: well, yes. We recorded on Sunday, and then they would join us on Monday.
0: Yes, yeah, and yes. if you want to join us on Sunday, just hit me, DM me, and we'll I'll send you Ben's address. Yeah, I'll uh, probably let otherwise. you in.
1: I'll let you in because I'm gonna be three sheets to the wind. I haven't even gotten <laughs> through half of this cocktail yet, and I'm already feeling it. It's uh, it's a doozy. Uh, well, anyway, folks, um, time to wrap it up. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, what do we do? We tell him. we tell him. oh yeah, we're on the Mastodon. We're on the Instagram where Matthew posts our recipes. Uh, remember we're trying to get his recipe posts to double digit likes folks. We've <laughs> got to get out there. We got to get the likes. I have two or three accounts. I like all of them with that. And I think that's getting us to four likes and I'm pretty all sure right. Matthew's yeah. the other like.
0: Sometimes, when I remember. <laughs> uh, at Giant Cocktails. At Giant Cocktails, uh, yes,
1: on, on both Mastodon and Instagram. And on Twitter.
0: The Twitter. It still exists. We're still there.
1: That's right. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Um, and otherwise, oh, also tell your friends. And uh, otherwise, we will see you on Monday. Thanks for joining us, and uh, cheers, Matthew.
0: Cheers, Ben. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up.